the way he calls me. And gets, and gets his report. He asks, who's there? This person there? Is this person there? You know, and there was a lot of assessing, and he was quiet for a while. And then I got to tell him. I said, you know, Pastor, I said, well, we were singing. Which song was that doing we were singing? This morning, when you sing that. Towards the end, she opened her eyes, and she seen the Shekinah glory of the Lord come down right where Brother Richard was and start quoting this way. So he's like, see, that's all we need. He said, even though there's a few of us there, the Lord's still moving. The Lord's still on the move. He still has a people. He still has a church.
Praise the Lord. Good, hot, balmy, roasting evening. Brother, I said that this morning. Now you, Brother Aaron, about Hal's going to be a lot hotter. Brother Dan, I said that on the way home from White River the other day. Man, I gotta make sure I'm straight with Jesus because there's no way I can handle hell. This is too much for me. You know, you imagine what that's gonna be like. You know? I don't know about you guys, but I kind of like to cry and moan when it gets a little hot. I'm a little on a bigger side, so this heat kind of affects me a different way. I go outside and think about walking, and I start dripping. You know, so. That's just a little bit, a little bit of God saying, "Come on, get moving, boy. Get right." I don't want to be down there. That's eternal. This is for but a season. There's a season for everyone. You know, Sister Lila, I'm glad to see you here. You know, um, their family just went through the loss of a loved one. Like I said, there's a season for everything. The Word of God says that a season for everything. Time to live, time to die. You know, there's time to rejoice, there's time to mourn. No, but the one thing that is constant is God. Amen. His love, His comfort, His affirmation, His reassurance. That's a constant. I'm glad to see you here, sister. Glad you had safe travels. And, you know, you're in our prayers. God will strengthen you in this time of mourning and sorrow. Amen. And uh, just a reminder to keep every. All those people out there, obviously God wasn't through with those people out there. That one baptized in Jesus' name last yeah, night. Yeah. Maurice Hokey, soon to be brother, I'm claiming it's in Jesus' yeah. name. Yeah. Maurice Hokey and his wife Trish. Yeah. You know, so keep them in prayer. So the Lord willing, whatever it is supposed to be, let it be done out there for those people. And for here, though we may be few in number, we've got the heavenly portal. Where two or three are gathered. Yeah. Let's not get discouraged. Let's continue to stand in that gap to keep our walks strong, stay rooted and grounded, so we can feel the burden of those that may be struggling, that may not be here. Pray for them. It's the best thing we can do. Love them. I'm thankful to be here. Thankful to be able to come into this place. I was thinking about it while I was playing there because I was starting to kind of sweat a little bit. There's churches that don't have this the, the luxury of air conditioning or even the building that, you know, guards themselves from the sun. But we're blessed. We're very, very blessed. I'm thankful to be here because to enter his gates with thanksgiving is close of praise. I can tell my Jesus that I love him very much. More than anything, I'm so grateful to be able to say that I'm his, that he is mine. With that, I'm opening up testimony. If anybody has a word of testimony, we'd like to give some glory to our Lord and Savior. Please do so. Brother Sinaway. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I just want to give him glory on, you know, his spirit and it dwelling within us and the power he has and that we have because of him. And I just want to say that Anaya is probably like heat exhaustion or whatever, but she was really hot. She was looking, you know, sleepy and tired and just didn't look too good. And so we're getting kind of worried. And I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to 
she was laying, Adrian laid her down, she went upstairs, but I just looked at her, she was just sitting there, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to pray for her, you know. So I laid my hands on her, I started praying, and, you know, binding it up, taking authority over it, and you can feel that virtue and that power, and she's feeling a lot better right now. So Amen. Thanks to God, and, Amen. you know, anything that happens, like little fevers or sicknesses, whatever it may be, what is what does his word say, you know? Lay, uh, call for the elders of the saints, you know, anoint them with oil and pray over them, you know, and it shall de depart. We have that power, and sometimes we forget about that, and we look to other things before seeking him and all his righteousness, you know. So whatever happens, rely on God and just seek him first and pray. Pray with that authority, that boldness, you know, and that sincerity and truth. He'll come through for you, no doubt. And I just want to give him the glory because it's amazing. I'm so glad and thankful we have that power. Yes. God Amen. bless each and every one of you. Amen.
heal properly this time. Oh. <laughs> I've been dealing with this since 1st of May, and they found out Friday that I have a broken heel. So it's been two months that I've been walking on it. So it's not been a good thing. But you know what? God gave me something special and he's going to give me some time. I just want to thank Jesus for that. I want to thank him for, for you know, sending the people he needs to send to me, the things that are happening. This happens at a perfect time. Our granddaughter's being born. This next week, my daughter's being introduced, so I'll be able to be up there with her. You know, so I just want to thank Jesus for being who he is. I want to thank him for always having my back. You know, um, there used to be a billboard, I don't think it's there anymore, it used to say, if Jesus is your co-pilot, get out of the pilot seat. <laughs> you know, I want God to do the leading, you know, and I think um, this is his way of asking you to step back and just reflect on all of his goodness. Uh, thank you for everything that you've done for us. And, you know, talk about being humble. And, but I'm just so thankful Lord, that you know he's he's with me all the time. I can feel him, and he'll never leave my side. Amen. And I'm gonna hang on as much as I can because what what I went through is I lost my cousin this week. She was like a sister, my cousin. We all grew up together, all three of us. And I'm the one who found her. I tried waking her up and everything, and I was like, oh, it's too late. She wanted to see me. And I shook her. I checked her. She was gone already before I got there. But I want to thank the Lord that He gave me strength for that because you know what? I I did go in shock. I was calm. Amen. <laughs> so I just thank the Lord that He's with me all the time to keep me, keep me trained. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and I want to thank Him and give Him all the glory for that because. Without him, I'm nothing because, boy, I have to live by faith. I have to, oh, I have, I have too much to give. But you know what? I thank the Lord for that because He's with me all the yes. way. And He's not going to leave me, and I'm not going to leave Him. Amen. I want to thank you. Thank you for all the prayers. It's time for me to come home now. Amen. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that which is the veil. Now, an anchor in a boat, you drop that anchor, there's only one way that the anchor is going to come loose and you're going to go straight. That anchor, when you're going forward in progress, the only way you can lose that anchor is if you turn and do a 360 to go down. Keep going forward. There's always going to be trials, always going to be tribulations, troubles, that ebb and flow of life, up and down. But if you let him be your anchor, he sent you out of that pilot seat. Let him captain your vessel. He won't take you wrong. That's right. That's his promise. That's my word. That's not my opinion or my knowledge. That's his word. That's right. He will lead you to where you need to go. He can calm the waters. Right. You all are familiar with that scripture where they were all panicked in the boat. What was he doing? He was laying up on the other end, taking a nap. He knew all that. He was standing and saying, be still. That's all it takes. Faith. Thank you, Jesus. Stand up. Thank you. Anybody else? We'll do one more. Anybody else? Oh, okay. Well, we're going to do three more. And then we'll call it good. We'll do Sister Julia, Sister Melissa, and then Brother Gary. Praise him. Praise him. Um, it's crazy how things happen, but I wanted to share what happened with Laura. And I didn't realize it till um, this evening, or before I came to church, I kind of got a revelation. Because I know what happened to her was definitely a spiritual battle. Because prior to her getting sick, she was perfectly fine. She was running around outside. It was night out. It was campfire and whatnot. All the other kids. But during that time, while she was outside running around, I was inside witnessing to Ashley. And and it just hit me. It made sense because it was like she come in out of nowhere and she was you know distracting all my kids. Where they kept bugging me. And I'm like I'm trying to talk to her. You know because I knew. What I was saying to Ashley, there was a seed being planted because she was like, at one time she said, ooh, I got the goosebumps when I was talking about Jesus, you know? And I told her, I said, that's because that's the Holy Ghost you have inside of you. It's it's crying out, you know, and it wants more. But I realized it this evening that the devil tried to distract because we did, we had to cut our conversation off because she had started a fever. But I, during the night, Dad had to come in and pray because she had seen something in the corner and it made her freeze up. And she told me what it looked like. And she, don't pray for me, Mom. It's getting worse. It was, didn't want me to pray for her. So I just kept praying and then I got Dad and we put oil on her and we prayed. She slept fine through the night, but she could feel that, when we prayed, you could feel that thing leave and you could feel the peace of God fall. And then the next morning, it's like it came back. Because Ashley was there for breakfast and here we were talking again. And then she gets up and she's like, I told her to take a shower. We had to go to the funeral. She got up about 10. And then that hit her again. But this time it was worse. She said, I can't feel my legs and my arms, Mom. And I also believe it was for me, too, because I panicked. And all of that was going on when my daughter stopped breathing. I panicked because I thought the worst. I thought she was going to go before my eyes. And then... It was like so awesome because all my elder aunts, like Lila and Charlene and Barb, they all walked in out of nowhere. Lisa Rose, just all at once, just crowded around me and they put their hands on my back. I remember Barb saying, 
pray with you and I'll pray with you. And then I just like, well, yeah, I was panicking. So I didn't, wasn't even thinking to call on the Lord, you know. I was crying and panicking because she kept yelling mommy. And then I reached out to God and I started crying and yelling for Jesus. But I noticed when I did that, my panic went down. I wasn't panicking, I was praying more. And then that's when Laura got
you know, for doing that and, and for showing my kids that, hey, you know, prayer works. And I, that's what I told them. I said, because they were so happy. And I said, what does the Bible say? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I said, the Lord will answer your prayers. I said, you just got to have faith. You got to believe. I said, so I just want to thank the Lord for doing that. I mean, it, it may seem like it's just a gopher or whatever, but, but, um, you know, it is it's our goal. <laughs> it meant a lot to And it was a good it was a good thing for my kids to see that, you know, that the Lord answers answers prayers even when it concerns an animal. So I just want to give God glory and thank him for everything he does from the biggest to the small. God bless you. Walking there. Before I came home, you know, it's a hitchhike. 
because I was anxious to get home so bad because I wanted to see Chloe so much. I was telling Sister Julia on the way back, you know, I said, when I seen it, I seen everybody. If I had big, long arms or big old arms, I'd just grab all of you and hug you. You know, I try to do my own thing, but God, in his own, his own way, man, he's always just speak to me in a way that he would always look at me and tell me, come home. Come home. Amen. So, you know, it's, I don't know if any of you ever like, start singing a song, but that, that song that always gives you conviction. But this song really gave me conviction. I don't know why, but you know, it always reminds me of Brother David Marshall. You know, and when he sang the song, it just it did something to me. It's called Give a Sacrifice. Amen. So I, I found the rest of the verses to it. And every time I sing this, it just gives me a conviction. Amen. Oh, 
That's right.
Turn you up right now. All right. All right. I'm going to do something a little different tonight. I'm going to turn that one off. Is that okay? No. Nope, the red one? Do you need I'm gonna it? I'm going to do something with it. Okay. I'm going to do something with it. I'm going to try that. The uh, Lord put this on the heart. And, uh, I preach this to a church. That church is no longer in existence. The reality is, is we're running out of time. I don't know if any, do you know something happened today that's never happened in history? Did you know what happened this morning? I found out about it at 6.30 this morning. Something had happened four hours earlier on the other side of the earth. Does anyone know what happened? Besides Dina? I think I know what you're talking about. You know what it was? I think so. I don't know. Does it have to do with President Trump? The President Trump walked into North Korea this morning to see Kim Jong Un. And I saw it and it's like, what in the world? That happened. CNN wasn't there. NBC wasn't there. None of the networks were there. This was some news agency in Australia. That's never happened. Never. Never. Nobody ever would have dreamt that would happen. Because we're at war with North Korea. Still, to this day. And, you know, I, I, I'm emotional for this reason. We're so wrapped up in this stupid device. We're wrapped up in technology. We're wrapped up in everything to keep our eyes off of what really matters. And things are going on in the world that just blow my mind. And it's like, what gets me is like, how many of you have ever been this close to dying? Okay, I have. A few, a few of you others have. What was going through your mind when you thought you were going to die? 
Or were you conscious to realize that I might die? Were you, what was going through your mind? Well, this is what was going through my mind. I was down in St. Luke's Hospital in the emergency room, and I was bleeding to death. And the doctors did not know why I was bleeding. But I was bleeding way more than they thought I was. And I remember, you know how when you go into an emergency room, you're in triage? They want to, they take the worst people, and if they don't think they're very bad, they're going to let you sit there. Yep. Well, I didn't think I was very bad. So then they get me in a room. I'm in there, and it was uh, Pastor Robinson, and Dina was in there. And so we're in there, and uh, so the nurse checks me out and everything, and then she started panicking. She realized how much blood I actually lost. I lost almost half my blood. That's how much I bled out. I bled out so much that that nurse was panicking because she couldn't find a place to put an IV in me. She couldn't find a vein to stick an IV in me, and I was still conscious. And I remember uh, uh, Brother uh, Pastor Robinson was freaking out because I was so calm. <laughs> And it was like, here's the thing that got me, right? Is here I am, I'm saying to myself, wow, is this how I'm gonna die? Is this it? And this is what was going through my mind. It had not, I was not thinking about Dina, wasn't thinking about her, wasn't thinking about my kids, wasn't thinking about anything on the face of this earth. All I was thinking about, Jesus. Was am I going to see you? That's what was on my mind. Because see, the Lord, I know he brought me through that for a reason. Because I always had this doubt. You see, we go through life, and I don't know if any of you are like me, but you wonder, is my heart right? Am I really saved? Now, Satan puts that thought in your head. That's not from God. That's Satan that does that. Because he knows we're human. He knows we're not perfect. He knows that. And what the Lord showed me in that instant was, I'm the one that makes you perfect, not you. That's right. So with that, I got so much peace over that, and it has changed my life. I hope none of you go through that. But man, I am the kind of person, and I've said this before, I'm an overthinker. I think so much that I don't do anything. It's a bad, bad way to be. So the Lord has to hit me with a two by four to get something into my head, okay? That's the way it was when I got saved. I went through that, and I know he did that to get me to think. So it's Christ that makes me perfect. It isn't me. I fall short. I'm a human being just like everybody else. So what I'm going to say here tonight and everything, I'm preaching to myself, and I'm preaching to all of you too. And the Lord put this on my heart Wednesday night. He put this on my heart. So I'm going to try to do something, and I don't know if this is going to work or not. I'm going to try to do something here. So if this doesn't work, then, it, then it's okay. I'm going to go on. But let's see. 
way. I don't know if this is work. See, I'm not a technology person. Thank you, Jesus. I still like doing things with a pencil and paper. Okay, let's see if this is going to work. Can you hear that? you to all turn in your Bibles. Uh, it's funny how the Lord works. You know, I had put a bookmark in the Bible of a scripture that I wanted to read, and I put it in the wrong spot. So when I open it up, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, what in the world? It's like, why did I put it here? And then I realized it was a scripture that I needed to read. So, I'd like you to all turn to I'd like you to turn to Luke 21, and we're going to read verses 25 through 28. 21. 21. Every one of those clicks is a second. Yes. Just so you know that. Okay. Y'all there? This is what it says. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity, and the sea and the waves roaring, men's heart failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things be, these, these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to bless your word tonight, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, Lord, that you make us aware, Lord, of what's really going on, Lord. Help us, Lord, not to get wrapped up in this world and the things of this world, Lord. But help us, Lord, keep our eyes on you, Lord. Lord, be with us right now, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you. So it says here, when we see these things happening, well... Man, I, I was listening to a rabbi, a messianic rabbi. I was listening to him, and he, he had given a speech from two years ago. And I was I was listening to him speak, and it's like, oh my word, didn't even realize that happened. But you see, things are going on in the world, and the only way you're going to know what's going on in the world is if you're looking for it. If you're not looking for it, you're not going to have a clue. Because it says, you know, it says in God's word here in Matthew, that's the next scripture. You can go there if you want. It's Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. It's about the ten virgins. But there's things going on in this world and things that are occurring. And I know Brother Marshall's been talking to us about, you know, the different beasts and, 
and all that, and all those events and everything like that. Well, it never clicked until I heard this uh, Jewish rabbi and uh, this Messianic uh, Jew talk about Israel and the fact that President Trump, um, uh, he had a lot to say about President Trump. He says, isn't that something, the president that was never supposed to get elected, and he got elected. And the reason he got elected is because God said that he would be elected. Okay? That's just about exactly, he was using scripture, but it says God's the one that sets people up. And he's the one that tears them down. It's not anybody in this room, and it isn't anybody who votes or anything like that. It's got nothing to do with it. He's the one that sets them up. He's the one that tears them down. So... President Trump, and the, one of the things that I admire about him is he's not afraid of offending anybody. And that's what I, I, man, I love people like that that'll just say what's on their mind and don't worry if they offend somebody or not. But you see, in December of 2017, he recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Yes. Now, little did I realize what a huge deal that really was. Now, you've heard Brother Marshall talk about, you know, Jubilee. And that's, that is the 50th year, right? It's seven, seven, uh, it's 49 years, and then the 50th year is the year of Jubilee. And that's when everything comes back to you, right? Well, I didn't realize until listening to him. But that occurred on the Jubilee of another event. This is just way cool when I thought about this. Israel became a nation in 1947. Okay? In 1967, those of you that were at youth night, um, I was telling you about the Six-Day War. Okay? Well, in that, Israel took control of the West Bank. So guess what was in the West Bank? Jerusalem. So for 20 years, Israel didn't have Jerusalem. So in the Six-Day War, they gained Jerusalem. But until President Trump said and recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, everybody in the world has said it's Palestinian territory. But by him saying that it's the capital of Israel, okay, was the reward of Jubilee. What that means is now Israel has repossessed Jerusalem. Isn't that something? And people don't even realize that happened. That's a big deal. Why? Because that's, that's what's going on at the last. We're right there. We're getting there. We're getting right at the end. Wow. That's, and I can go on and on. I can talk about that stuff all night. I mean... I know talking with Brother Marshall, we were talking about how how is it in the Bible when it says that, you know, in the, in Armageddon, which get which this is something. You know what Armageddon's gonna be all about? Jerusalem. Isn't that something? And right now, Jerusalem is the center of the world. Everything right now is revolving around Jerusalem. That one city. Isn't that something? 
But God said that's the way it was going to be. And that's what's happening right now. Now, you say, it says in the Bible, Gog and Magog, and how God says, I'm going to put hooks in your mouth and I'm going to pull you into this thing. So you say, how in the world is that going to happen? He had mentioned something this morning, Syria. Okay? Well, Russia's got his fingers all through Syria, and Syria is just itching to do something to Israel. So guess who's got their fingers in Iran and over that? China. They're itching too. Everybody wants that. So you say, how in the Wow, you just see it all being laid out right in front of us. Everything in the whole Middle East is all got its fingers at its point in this room. But thank you, Jesus, I live in America. Because this is a this is a thing, and this this rabbi said something else that just blew my mind. You know, there's only been two nations on the face of the earth that were established on God. It was Israel and the United States. Do you realize that? We're the only two nations on the face of the earth in world history that was founded on God. Isn't that something? People don't... Did you ever know that? Isn't that something? But you see, that's why it's so neat that we are like this with Israel. And that's why we're so blessed. Okay? Because we're with Israel. And I'll tell you what. When I, I think about, I think about, man, a few years ago, we were never further apart from Israel. I mean, we were in a bad, bad place with Israel. <laughs> Never before had things gone so bad, and I was getting concerned about it. Because, man, I don't want them on, I want them to be my friend. I don't want them to be my enemy. No way. Actually, nobody wants Israel to be their enemy, smart people. But you have those over there that, de that are determined that they're going to destroy them. And we know they're not going to. We know that. It already says in God's word, it's not going to happen. And so, um, so what I, the, the thing that I really want to talk about, that I'm just giving you a little bit of that stuff, just to tell you a few things that are going on. And uh, in our country, um, this the thing with homosexuality is just making me sick to my stomach. It's making me sick. How... Anyway, how in the world can anybody say something that's so perverted and so unnatural is normal? Come on. Come on. How can they, how, how can any intelligent person come to that conclusion? It makes no sense. But that's what it talks about in the last days. Good becomes evil and evil becomes good. And those that are those like us, we're considered intolerant. Yep. Yeah. We're the bad people. Because yeah. we just don't say that stuff's okay. You're okay, I'm okay. I don't, I, I don't, no. That's not the way it is. You're not okay, I'm not okay. Neither one of us are okay. 
We all need Jesus. Yes. That's the bottom line. And so, love the sinner, hate the sin. So, see, that, that's another thing that Satan's done with the church, is he's turned the church into um, that whole... I don't know all the letters for it. Y'all might know the letters, the L, B, G, Q, A, B, C, C, whatever it is. Every time I hear that, I just shake my head and I go, got a letter for every group under the sun in that. But they think we hate them. That's right. But we don't hate them. Amen. We hate their lifestyle. That's right. And the only reason we hate it is because of what God's word says. But we don't hate them. Never have. Just hate the sin. So Satan's done a very good job of labeling the church as they hate. They hate us. They, they hate them. That's not the truth. Um, there's a few verses here. I'd like you to. I'd like you to look these up. And. I don't know what I'm doing here with the microphone, but I want us to read a few uh, verses here, and this is what I want to be getting at, is time, okay? Brother Wells said something to me, he taught this to me when I first got saved, and he said, you spell love, T-I-M-E, that's how you spell the word love, T-I-M-E. And what that means is where you're spending all your time, Amen. that's where your love is. Yeah. Okay? And that's the whole point of what he was trying to get at when he said that. So here's the reality. At my age, when I look at, I'll say, I'll pick on Sinaway. I look at Sinaway and I look at his age, right? And I'm almost three times as old as he is. Okay? Now, when I think about that, think of all the time that I've lived, and that's all behind me, and I can't do a thing about it. So, all you have is this moment going forward until you breathe your last. See, man, I, I was thinking of now, I, when I was studying this thing, I said, man, this is so depressing. This is so. Man, the reality is, is we're all going to die. And the, believe it or not, the time's already been set. Isn't that something? Yeah. Everyone in this room, your time's already been set. Yep. That is reality. Yeah. That's the truth. That's right. Nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah. Oh, I'm never going to die. <laughs> I'm never going to get hurt. This and this. How many of you have been in a car accident? Wow, some of you have never been in one? Good for you. Yeah, that's awesome. What is, what is the one thing that got you about when you were in a car accident? That I wasn't, for me, I wasn't in control. I realized that you have no control over nothing. I didn't okay. even have control over a vehicle. Right. All I could say was Jesus. But it happens. Fast. Yeah. That fast. Yeah. You have no control over it. It happens. That's reality. See, you can't be saying, oh man, 
I don't have any brakes on my car. I'm going to go down the hill. I'm going to hit that wall. Jesus, forgive me. I accept you as my Savior. Smash. Oh, man. Good thing he did that. He saved. Come on. It's not how it works. No, sir. Not how it works. See, now is the time, not I'll do it some other time. That's right. Later on. Yes, come on now. Now is the time. Yes, and when I say that, I mean it this way, okay? We have no idea when we're going to breathe our last breath. That's right. We don't know that. And I believe that there's people in this room that are going to go up in the rapture. I believe we're that close to it. That's right. Okay? Maybe not me, but I'll still go up in the rapture. See? I may not experience it, but I'll wake up from my nap and I'll be in that rapture. Okay? So when you look at it that way, you can't think that I got tomorrow. You have no idea. Because things happen and they happen so fast, there's no way in the world you're going to be able to react to it. It's like when time's up, time's up. See, that's what got me when I was in the hospital. I thought my time was up. And uh, Leslie, uh, Leslie Wolf name, when she, I was talking to her about it, she goes, she was looking at me, she goes, you realize how close you came to dying? She goes, you realize that if they lost you, there's no way they could have brought you back. You'd have been a goner. And she was talking, she's an RM, she was talking to me about it. And it was like, it was a miracle. That was a miracle. I, they didn't even give me a blood transfusion, you know that? Wow. Within two days, all my blood was back. Wow. Amen. Amen. Is that crazy or what? Okay, but that's the Lord. Okay, that's the Lord. So, but I don't know, when you get to that point where it's like, man, I'm going to die. Man, this is it. And then you just start realizing, wow, just how, how life matters. And what we do in this life is what matters. So I want to read a few scriptures here and, and uh, look it up with me if you'd like. Okay, let's look up uh, uh, Psalm 89. Let's look up in Psalm 89. We're going to read a, a bunch of verses here, and then we're going to continue on. Verses 47 and 48. It says this. Remember how short my time is. Therefore hast thou made all men in vain. What man is he that liveth and shall not see death? Shall he deliver his soul from the hand of the grave? Something for you to think about. Psalm 90. Next chapter, 9 and 10. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it will soon cut off and we fly away. 
Wait, you know what? When I was, this scripture gets me every time I read it. Man, and all of his intelligence and brains and wisdom and everything, saying he's been able, he's able to make people live longer than they ever have. And yet, when this was written, what does it say the age was? Seventy to eighty years old. Isn't it still that today? Every time I read that verse, that gets me. It's like, man, they lived just as long back then as we do today. You know? So they didn't have all the doctors like we have. But then they didn't have all the other stuff we put on. Mm -hmm. Psalm 102, 11 and 12. Thank you. It says, my days are like a shadow that declineth, and I am withered like grass. But thou, O Lord, shall endure forever, and thy remembrance unto all generations. You know, the, the, the last scripture in this scripture, when it says, you know, our life is just a tale. See, I can tell you all about my dad, but none of you knew him. And my dad is accountable for whatever he did in his lifetime. But when I die, he's forgotten. See, I, I got thinking about this. I was sharing this one time, and I said, here I am, I'm saved. I got, man, I'm baptized in Jesus' name, full of the Holy Ghost. And I said, I wonder if four generations or five generations ago, there was someone in my family that was saved. And they were praying for me. You ever think, you ever wonder about that? Because you see, I don't know my, I know their names because we got the family tree and all that stuff. But I don't know who they were. I don't know what they did or anything like that. I know what some of them did. But your life is just something that uh, a person that has passed away and gone, when your memory and everything you say about that person, when that ceases, that's it. But guess who's going to remember it all? Yes, Jesus. Jesus is going to remember it all. Because he goes on forever and ever. So it's like, the reason I'm saying all this stuff is we can get so wrapped up in, what do I want to say? We can get so wrapped up in a physical connection that we forget the spiritual consequences. Come on. Because I firmly believe this. I believe that there's people in the church, I'm not saying this church, I'm saying in the real church, not the world church. I'm talking about those that are in the church that's preaching the truth. I believe there's people that won't make it because of their families. Come on. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Exactly. Come on. That's right. Because they're so glued yep. to their family that God is not doing with them what he wants to do with them. Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay? And so don't anyone misunderstand me when I say that. Okay? Because people have questioned me. See, man, I'm, I, I, I can do this and not get emotional. I won't get emotional. <laughs> 
So when I got saved, I left my family behind. Literally left them behind. My two sons. I left my two sons behind. I didn't take them with me. I tried. But do you realize, had I hung on to them, I'd be deader than dead right That's now. That's right. Amen. Because I would have ended up going back to where I came from. Yes. And I would have been around that thick, stinking, lousy religion. And I'd be dead. Come on. I would rather live and deal with the consequences of having to deal with my sons. Yeah. I have no doubt in my mind. I just, the Lord's told me this. That's why I have such peace about this. He's got my sons. His hand is on my sons. I know. I know his hand is on my sons. When I hear things of what my sons have gone through, and I just go, wow, thank you, Jesus. Both of my sons should be dead right now. They've gone through things that are just absolute miracles. Absolute miracles. So I know God's hand is on them. And I know the day is going to come when they're going to get saved. I, I just have no doubt in that. I have no doubt in that whatsoever. But when I'm saying that, and people go, well, gee, how in the world could you do that? The reason I did it was because that still small voice had told me to do it. He told me to do it. Every situation involving them, I have always come out on top. And I'm not the one acting stupid or like a fool or getting all dramatic or doing all that other stuff. Man, I, I went up to get my sons one time. Guess what? Didn't get my sons. Guess what I got? Serve papers. That's what I got. <laughs> Go to pick up my sons and there's someone there. Are you Dan Edwards? Yes, you've been served. So I have to go to court. So I'm getting sued. Goes to court. So the judge looks things over. And it's like, thank you, Jesus. There's judges out there that are wise. Yeah. Yeah, the man. Be careful who you get advice from. People get advice from stupid people yeah. and they end up doing stupid That's things. Right. This lawsuit goes before this judge. Judge gets up there, starts asking all these questions, and the judge did just the opposite of what the lawsuit did. Turned it around. I went in looking for nothing. I ended up with everything. They ended up with nothing. The judge saw right through it, saw what was trying to go on there, and the whole thing. You're better off Instead of getting dramatic and all emotional, you're better off just keeping quiet and let God take care of you. Because that's what the Lord's done. That's what the Lord's done with me so many times. I mean, man, believe me, there's people, I'll do things sometimes, and people just look at me, why in the world are you doing that? Why haven't you done something about it? It's like the Lord told me, don't worry about it. Amen. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. He always does. Amen. Dina's talking about the situation we're in right now. I was going to mention this earlier. This is crazy. How many of you ever bought a house? Few of you. You know what mortgage insurance is, right? You have to buy mortgage insurance. 
Does anyone know what that's for? Well, guess what? Dean and I are so broke that we qualify for a claim on mortgage insurance. Is that crazy or what? Now, this is all it means. It means you don't have the ability to pay your mortgage, so the insurance company pays it for you. That's what it's for. So anyway, so I have to say that. And the reason I'm laughing is because Dean and I were so funny. We're talking, man, it was a horrible week this last week. If anything could have gone wrong, it went wrong. I mean, I'm not kidding. And I was like, I don't even want to get into it. It's behind me. Forget it. But here we are talking about it. We looked at each other, and we just both started laughing. It's like, ah, we've been through worse than this. <laughs> we'll get through this. Sure enough, it's all working out. And, and it's like, we didn't get all, oh, what are we going to do? Uh -huh. no. oh. Not going through all that stuff. But it's all working out. It's all favor from God. And I, I just thank him for it. But getting back to what I, I want to talk about here, time and what we do with our time. Um, Ecclesiastes 6. Ecclesiastes 6. We're going to start at verse 12. We're going to continue going. For who knoweth what is the good for man in this life? All the days of his vain life, which he spendeth as a shadow. For who can tell a man what shall be after him under the sun? Chapter 7. A good name is better than precious ointment. In the day of death, than the day of one's birth. Remember that. The day you die is way more important than the day you were born. We always celebrate birthdays, which is cool. There's nothing wrong celebrating birthdays. But the day you die is way more important than any birthday. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the countenance the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. For as a crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This also is vanity. You know, um, I was asked by um, a young lady that we were bringing to church here, she goes, how come everyone's crying? She goes, why do people cry? See, She's not used to coming to a church where you got the Holy Ghost. And so what this scripture is saying, right, is like when we, when we humble ourselves, we come before God in prayer. And, man, I bawl my eyes out praying to God. And thank you that I do that. You know why? Because after I do that, boy, I have such peace. I have such direction. I'm just, 
my mind straight, the whole thing, right? And so, like, what this is saying is you could be like Barney the purple dinosaur and going around <laughs> all the time and just be phony as a $3 bill. Yeah. Or you can be sober. You can cry. Cry out to God. Do all those things and get touched by God. Because I know all kinds of people that are always happy and they are nowhere near saved. Nowhere near. I call them light switches. One minute, they're all happy. Then yeah. flick the switch and they're cussing and swearing and they're in your face. And it's like, wow. You know? So, but when I, when I read this, you know, and it's like, um, Sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better. It's good, man, it's good to cry. It's good to cry. It's good to cry. Um, uh, let's go on to James chapter 4. must be doing good because you're all falling asleep. <laughs> That's how I knew if I was doing good or not. I'd watch my daughters and if they were dozing off, it's like, well, I must be doing all right. Because that's what Paul used to do, right? Didn't Paul used to put people to sleep? <laughs> That's true. I walk the rooftops. All right. James chapter 4, starting at verse 14. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. But then ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Mm -hmm. yep. That verse gets me every time I read it. Yep. I get convicted every time I read it. Because see, this scripture, and this is one of the main scriptures, is, 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 is what I wanted to focus on. I say this all the time. I love coming to church. I love it here. It's funny. I forgot to put my tie on. I realized that when I got here. I was sweating so much I didn't want to put my tie on. I was going to bring it with me and put it on, and I forgot it. So I said, well, sorry, but I'm not wearing a tie. But it's 84 degrees in my house, just so we don't have air conditioning. <laughs> so we're kind of hot. So anyway, um, but what gets me is that we know we're supposed to be doing something. We come to church. We're in a place where the Holy Ghost is thick. We're all inspired. I mean, we'll come to the altar. We'll pray to God and everything. And we just get all fired up. 
And then we go outside the door. And now we're out of this cloud that we're in. Now comes reality. Now all the things that God was inspiring us and just firing us up. It's like, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. Now you're out there and that's where you got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. And boy, I'm a bad one. I failed. There's always something else I got to do. There's always something else that's more important. I got this I got to do. When I have this I have to do. And, and here's the thing. We all have to live Thank you, Adam. We all have to live. And what I mean is we all have to work. We all have to eat. We all have to sleep. We have to take care of the kids. we got to deal with all the other things. But if we have our mind on God, that's what he wants. Okay? And all the things that we do, if we keep our mind on Christ... I believe this with all my heart. If you have a mind and you keep your mind on Christ, you're going to be ready. But if you get so distracted and wrapped up that God is something that isn't even on your mind. I, I you know, I, I, told, I, I told this to a person. I know I, I've shared this with you. But people that talk, I mean, and talk, and talk, and talk, and talk. They just keep talking. It's like, no, I don't need her. I don't need Chrissy. <laughs> Except for Chrissy. I don't need Chrissy. <laughs> She's a That's not what I mean. But just people out there that'll just talk about anything under the sun. And what I mean when I, in, in, in what I'm getting at when I say this, is they get so wrapped up in everything that's going on. Okay, that they completely forget about thinking about what they're talking about, what they're doing, or anything like that. They just completely forget. And in the Bible, that they call them fools. The person they can't control their tongue. Well, that also goes with the things we do. Because we can get so wrapped up in doing all kinds of things that has zero eternal value, and you've wasted all that time. Now, there's nothing wrong with going fishing, okay? But there's something wrong with going fishing four times a week. Yeah. See what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with doing things as long as it's not all the time. See. It says in the scriptures that we're not to put anything in our lives. We're not supposed to elevate it above God. Yep, that's right. See, when you start having to miss church to do your thing, yes, yes, yep, you just blew it. That's right. I'll just say that you yep. blew it. Yep. You're, you're not doing the right thing. That's right. You're not doing the right thing. There's, there's situations we're going to get in stuff where we can't be here, and I know uh, Brother Marsh has talked about that hundred times. I've heard him talk about it all the time. But it's like if your mind is on if your mind is on God then you want to be where God's going to be really thick. Yeah. You're going to want to be here. Amen. 
You're going to want to be here. It is something to see, you know, how many people are missing. It's like, wow. Now I know the heat's probably got something to do with it, but so what, it's the heat. You know, Dina can't stand this, but I like I like seeing like the documentaries and things where where people are doing stuff, you know, actually doing stuff, real things, not entertainment, just real things. So this thing I like watching it's called Pakistani Truck. Now it's not a TV show or anything like that, but it shows these men over in Pakistan that rebuild trucks, rebuild the frames on trucks and all this stuff, and they're using hammers and chisels and clamps and hydraulic jacks and they'll build a whole frame for a truck a triple frame and they make their own rivets and they rivet it all together and it's like wow i'm just amazed at that stuff so you what are you getting at dan okay these guys these guys are working in the rain working outside in the rain, and that's their job. And so they're not complaining, but they're working. And they're not, they're not, they don't have shorts and a t-shirt on. They've got that, that attire that they wear over there in Pakistan. I don't know what it's called, but it's long pants and that long tail and the long front and everything. And it's like, how can anybody work in that? And they're all working in it. And so, what the point I'm getting at is here you see these people over there and they're working in this stuff and everything and they're not complaining and we can't do something because it's an inconvenience? Because it's too hot? Well, man, I'll tell you what, this is nice and cool in here. Man, Dean and I were talking about just staying here all day and getting pizza and just hanging out here. Because it's a lot cooler than it is in the house, believe me. So it's like, we can make up all kinds of reasons why we don't do things, but it's not okay. And we have to do more. We have to do more. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. It's a sin of omission. We didn't do something when we knew we should have done it. You know, um, when I think of, I think about this all the time. I know Brother Marshall, he says it in his own way. He said something this last, um, he said something Wednesday night, and, and I was saying the same thing. I was sharing it with Dina. And it's like, isn't it neat how God makes everybody unique? Because Brother Marshall, when he preaches, man, he's got his way of preaching. Brother Aaron, he's got his way. I got my way. No two are alike. And I go, isn't that something? That's just the way God is. But again, when I look at this body and this church, and I see all the potential with everybody in this place, and everybody has a gift, everybody has a talent, and everybody has an ability. Even if you don't think you have one, you have one. You know what it is, too. See, this thing where, would you help me? I don't know what my gift is. Well, the reality is, you do know what your gift is. You just don't want to admit it. 
See, I don't believe your gift is a mystery. I believe that when you're full of the Holy Ghost, God's going to put the ability in you. You're already going to know what it is. You may have a gift or ability that people don't see. It might be something that's all behind the scenes. People don't ever see what you do, but you're still doing it. So don't, and the only reason I'm saying this is it's like, it's like everybody, everybody in this church, when I think of even the ones that aren't here, the abilities they have, and it's like, man, they would be so blessed if they would just do something with that ability. And they're not doing anything with it. And as you can hear, the clock's ticking. Hear the clock ticking? Every every click is a second. Wow. But you see, the reason I'm saying that is Satan wants you to think you can't do something. He's going to want you to think that, no, I can't do this. I won't be effective. They're going to think this. They're going to think that. Now, me, I'm a terrible speaker. All right? In my mind, I'm a terrible speaker. I'm a bad communicator. All right? I'm not smooth. How many of you know who Joel Osteen is? That is one smooth dude. That guy is just like silk. Everything just flows out of his mouth. That guy can talk for 15 minutes and say nothing. You know that? And they just roll, just everything just, just animated. It's like, man, how come I couldn't be like that? <laughs> yeah, wow, it's right. You don't want to be. Because I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like that. No liar. I want to be the way God made me to be. Yeah. Don't want to be phony. Don't want to be something that you're not. Yes, sir. But the thing is, is, is I know, and I, the, the Lord just really put this on my heart. There's people in this church. You're not doing anything. You need to be doing something. Amen. I really mean that. You need to be doing something because you have abilities. And, and uh, young people, that includes you. Ah, come on. Because here's the thing. When I, um, I like listening to the IBC choir. I like listening to that. And a lot of the, the, the lead uh, female and male singers that they have there are, they didn't just um, apply to go to college and they tried out for the choir and they got it. A lot of them, for years and years and years, they practiced singing, they took singing lessons, they were coached, and they were the whole thing. And they were actually, many of them, uh, I guess the UPC has competitions, competitions and stuff like that, and some of these have won the competitions. And so, so when you hear them and you hear that, you realize that that didn't just happen. That person worked very hard to be able to sing the way they sing. Now, singing is a gift. Don't, don't misunderstand me. It's a gift. It's a talent. It's an ability. But what I'm saying is, is they started out at a young age. It didn't, they didn't wait till they were older. They started at a young age. 
So uh, you younger people, we all have abilities and talents in the same. Please don't be fearful in doing stuff, in trying to do stuff, okay? If you want to know if you can't do something, try. If it doesn't work, well, go on to the next thing, okay? That's a big lesson in life, believe me, because I don't know how many things I've done that didn't work. And you know, when I think about, you know, I don't know why I, this just popped into my head. But you know Edison who made the light bulb? Yeah. You know how many times he failed before he? Yeah. And all he says, well, all I've discovered is I can't do it this way. Yeah. So I've got to figure out another way to do it. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln. Have you, any of you hear about the life of Abraham Lincoln? You know how many times that man failed? He failed so many times. Look it up sometime. Look up the life of Abraham Lincoln. He's one of the most respected leaders of all time all around the world. Not in my world. Abraham Lincoln. Well, no. <laughs> oh, it has to be somebody. It has to be somebody. Anyway, Brother Rich. The point I'm trying to make is, is he never gave up. He never gave up kept trying. He never gave up. And so um, that's the only way that's the only way we're going to grow. It's the only way we're going to be able to do things is if we keep trying. But you can't do nothing. You can't do nothing. Because if you do nothing, you're going to have to answer for that verse we just read. Okay? So I'm challenging you. I'm giving you, those of you that you're not doing much. I'm giving you a challenge to try to do something. You'll be you'll be amazed that um, the things you're able to do if you just put yourself in the situation, because you realize that what Jesus wants to see is a person that's willing to do something. You know they say um, uh, God helps those who help themselves. Well, that's not scripture or anything, no. but it's true. Because what that means is you're willing to try or make the effort or take the steps. That's what he's looking for. That's what he's looking for. So I would just urge you, if you're not doing anything, try to do something. Try to do something. Okay. Um, let's see. Last one, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. <coughs> you know, I'm working on my uh, shop at home and everything. Here I am talking about getting our priorities straight and everything. And it's like, well, what in the world brother being working on shop? And how can he be working on shop when he's so broke? Well, the reality is when I started the shop, I wasn't broke. <laughs> <laughs> and the shop didn't make me broke. Okay, just so you know, that was everything was paid for. Don't, so 
that didn't make me broke. It's just things that have occurred, and it's just kind of it put us into a different situation. But you, you see, the reason that, uh, just so you understand, the reason um, that I'm kind of excited about the shop and everything is because it's going to give me abilities to do things that I haven't been able to do. And so I'm a, I own a business. I've, I have now for years. And the, um, uh, the whole, my whole motivation for being in business isn't to get Okay, believe me, I am not rich. Okay, but the thing, and and I'm saying this, and boy, I hope I don't offend anybody when I say this, but my one objective for having a business, and why I want it to grow, and why I want to do more, is I'm trying to suck as much money as I can out of Egypt. For this. See, I used to be into the stock market, Hundina. Ah, go her nuts. Night, looking at the stock market. Looking at what's the time is, all that stuff. Drove her nuts. So I was really into that stuff. And I was actually going to go to school to, to get, to be able to, to do a certain type of training and all that stuff. I was planning on doing all that stuff. And, and so here I am, I'm thinking about that. And it's like, do that. That just doesn't make any sense. You see, there's people out there, financial people, that say you need to leave a legacy. And what they're talking about is money. Well, I've already told my kids, guys, there ain't any money. Believe me, when I die, there isn't any money. There isn't any money. And that's the way I want to live my life. I don't want to have a big pile of money. Okay? I don't want to do that. Because that does not line up with this. It's okay to have a savings, but retirement funds and all that stuff, man, if you die tomorrow, what good would it have done to do all that stuff? Nothing. And yet, the Lord's work needs this, and it needs this, and it needs this. And it's like, Come on. Come on. Come on. That's my security. Amen. Can't let go of it. Yes. Believe me, I should write a book. I should write a book on how many times the Lord's provided for me Amen. when I gave to Him. Amen. And He always yes. has. Yes. Always has. That's why I'm not worried about this situation. I'm not worried about it one bit. The Lord's got it all worked out. It's all it's all planned out and everything. I'm not going to worry about it. But so this is what matters to me. Amen. This really this this work matters to me. Man, when I walked in here, the first day I walked in here, man, I go, this is it. Man, all these years, everything I've gone through, all the stuff I've been exposed at, all the people I've met all over the place, and the you know, and I've, I've learned from it and all that stuff. And I says, man, this is it. This is the place. And it's like, if I could, if I could only get everyone else to see it the way I see it. Uh -huh. But the reality is, is I'm getting old. And I'm really feeling old. And the thing, what, what gets me 
is the all the potential and it's like I know every one of us pray for unity we want unity we want to be of one mind we want to be of one spirit and when we're together and we're of one mind and one spirit that's when things happen the old expression united we stand divided we fall that's the truth that is a true statement okay so when we're together we're powerful 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 um, brother Gary you saying what you were saying about coming back and everything man I'll tell you what you're so right there's so many people praying for you praying for you Kevin man so good to see you guys oh man and all the others that aren't here are being prayed for they're all being prayed for want them to all come back want to see this place packed out like it used to be but there's so many things in this world that's distracting us and it's messing us up and we're getting our priorities messed up and so um, did I even read the scripture? I never even got to it did I? Wow. And here I was saying I didn't talk very much. Wow. <laughs> kind of rambled, didn't I? Okay, verse 13. These verses are really, um, really good. Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that you are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seem to be wise in this world, let him become a fool, that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. See, the wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. I had just I had just mentioned something when um, you know, about the investments in the stock market and all that stuff and everything. I just remember that coming to that conclusion one day, and it's like, when the scriptures say, build up your treasures in heaven, not on earth. See, God keeps perfect records. He keeps perfect records. So, it's a, you invest, you invest in the work of the Lord, and I'm not just saying money, I'm saying your time, your effort, and all that stuff. You invest in the work of the Lord, you're guaranteed a return. Yes, sir. Guaranteed. Now, I can say this. 
anything that you invest on Wall Street, no guarantee. Absolutely no guarantee. But with this, there is a guarantee. You know, this, um, thank you, Lord. You just put this in my mind because I, I got thinking about this. When it says that um, we're to tithe of our increase, I'm, I don't know how I got on this, but anyway. We're supposed to tithe of our increase. Now, everyone automatically thinks it's money. Uh-huh. But if you're increased, you're given another day, that's your increase. So what's a tithe of that day? Two and a half hours. So, I mean, I got thinking about that, and it's like, wow. Imagine if everybody spent two and a half hours praying, reading God's word, reaching out to others, just doing the work of the Lord. Man, what would happen? Amen. And that doesn't even include an offering. Yes. That's, right. That's just a tithe. That's right. And I thought about that, and it's like, wow. That was going, that was going through my mind this last week, and it's like, wow. Everyone thinks it's just money. Uh huh. It isn't just money. No. It's everything you've been increased in. That's right. Everything. Your life. Amen. Yes. Something for you to all think about. <coughs> Imagine, if you're trying to grow in the Lord, imagine how much you grow if you set aside two and a half hours every day just to pray, read God's word, study, um, fellowship, do all those things with others, others saved. Just think of how much you grow. Think of how much. See, when we do those things, that's what keeps our mind, that's what keeps our mind where it needs to be. Not wrapped up in stuff that doesn't mean a hill of beans. Doesn't mean a hill of beans. I was talking with uh, uh, Brother uh, Richard this morning. We we're kind of laughing. He was talking about you know football season starting up and everything, and, and it was funny. You know, um, I had mentioned to him that somebody at my where I worked they saw my Patriots come, and they go, oh. You're a Patriots. It's like, yeah, I'm a Patriots fan. I'm from New England. They've always been a Patriots fan. So anyway, they're going, man, somebody was saying, you know, a player on the on the Patriots team was complaining because they weren't ranked number one. They were ranked number two. And I kind of looked at him and I said, isn't that stupid? <laughs> isn't that absolutely stupid? Isn't it stupid to live for something like that? Yep. Yeah. yeah. But not just, not just football. People do that with their careers. Yeah. People do that with their appearance. Yeah. No. People, they try to make themselves look like something. And one thing I learned is you look at people and say, man, they got a pile of money. No, they don't have a pile of money. They got a pile of debt. Yeah. That's yeah. what they have. Yeah. They want to make it look like they have a lot, but they don't have a lot. That's right. They got a lot of bills, but they want to. They want to look like this. You know, they, when we start thinking we're something that we're not even close to that. What I found is the people that are really wealthy, they don't look like it. They don't. They aren't going around in the biggest car. You know? <laughs> they, 
You know, it's funny. That's what I've learned. The people that are really wise with money, they don't act like they don't have any. Uh, that's right. <laughs> and the ones that don't have any money want you to think they have all kinds yeah. of it. Yeah. So it's all vanity and pride. Yeah. Don't try to impress anybody in this world because they're just going to disappoint you. That's right. Yeah. Impress God. Amen. Impress God. Amen. This reason I had the sound of the clock is this puts reality into what is spiritual. This is what I mean. Our world revolves around time. God's world, eternity, is not. And we're given such a short amount of time in our lifetimes to do something. And this was really hitting me this, this past week. But it's like, See, there's things that I want to do. There's things that I want to do as far as ministry goes with the, with the, uh, the body here, with the church. And I'm trying to get things set up so I can start doing that. And so, and what gets me is I, when I think to myself, man, every time I'm doing something for the church or you know, for others in the church and everything, yeah, doesn't it make you feel great? Yeah. But when you're doing something that doesn't have any meaning whatsoever, it's like, ugh. You know? Am I going to do this? Right? And it's like, the, the I got thinking about that, and it's like, man, um, God wants us to live. He wants us to live in this world. He wants us to be in the world. He doesn't want us to be of the world. He doesn't want us to look like the world, act like the world, talk like the world. He doesn't want any of that. But he wants us in the world. He wants us to function in the world. And so when I talk about ministry, I'm talking about things that would in the community. And I'm just, uh, I don't know, I, I, I'm getting old, though. And I just think, well, I'm going to give it my best shot. I'm going to give him my best shot. Because, right. man, this past week I'm feeling really old. <laughs> oh, wow. My arm's killing me right now, man. I just feel old. <laughs> uh, but the Lord is good. Yeah. You know, and it's like, um, um, if I could just leave you with this, you younger people. Um, when I was your age when I was your age and I thought about the way the world was I know and I know Aaron will agree with me I know Kevin will agree with me Mona when I think of what it was like when I was younger and I thought man we're really close we're really really close but little did I realize that something still hadn't happened things still didn't occur. But right now, because of technology, things are happening so fast that nobody is aware that it's even going on. 
How many of you have ever heard of the boiled frog mentality? Any of you know what that is? You realize you take a pot, you take a pan of water, stick a frog on it, and stick it on your stove. Put the heat on real low. That frog will stay in that water till it's dead. Because it doesn't sense what's going on. But it kills it. Now that's a fact. That's the truth. So this, this, to sum up this whole thing of what I'm trying to say tonight is we get so wrapped up in technology and everything that's going on around us that means nothing. It doesn't matter what Bobby Sue is wearing today. It does not matter. doesn't matter that you got new tires. It doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. Satan is so good at wrapping everybody up. And he wraps people up in stuff that has no, no value whatsoever. And the thing is, is after you've done it, guess what? You can't redeem that time. It's gone. It's gone. You know what I realized is is uh, I'll get on this thing and I'll do research. Hour and a half goes by. It's like I was on that stupid thing for an hour and a half, and I got thinking about it, and it's like three quarters of what I was looking at had nothing to do with what I was trying to do research on. I got distracted. This thing, oh, that pops up. Oh, I wonder what that means. Yeah. This thing here. Really, honestly, keep this thing in check. I mean it. This, man, there's stuff going on, folks. You don't realize it, but you're being manipulated. That's right. You're being manipulated into thinking you can't function without this thing. Right. Reality is, is you can. I forget this thing all the time. I'll go, does anyone know where my phone is? What did I leave it? I don't even know where I left it. I've got to go look for it. I love that. That makes me happy. That makes me happy. I just, I just want to encourage everybody. The Lord just really put that on my heart. And it's like, I know, I know Brother Marshall's been talking about it and everything, and others have been talking about it. But boy, I'll tell you what. Things are happening in the world and they're happening really, really fast. And the day is coming, and I, I believe this now with every ounce of my being, is we're going to go through a trial. You hear me? Yep. We're all going to go through a trial. And you are going to be confronted about what you believe. Yes. See, now I'm going to get going off on something else. In, in the last administration before Trump, okay, in the Obama administration, there was a big push to regulate the church and what you can say, okay? Now that was so real that I remember we had a meeting, remember we were talking about dropping our 401c3? Because see, if you were a 401c3, <laughs> 
that's under the government. So the only way you can maintain that is you have to do what the government tells you to do. If you don't want to do what the government wants you to do, then you're going to get taxed. You got to pay taxes. And we actually had a meeting on that. What are we going to do? You know, and in men's meeting, we were talking about it. Yep. Brother Marshall brought it up. Yep. What do we do? Well, thank God everyone came to the same conclusion. You just keep preaching the yeah. truth. Yep. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. <clears throat> but the reality is, is the, the world out here is getting really brazen. Yep. And they're getting really angry. And they want to fight. They want to take over. And we're the enemy. Yep. We're their enemy. Okay? And so the reality is, is in situations that we're going to find ourselves and everything, we're going to end up being in situations where we're going to end up getting confronted. And we're going to have to take a stand. And we're going to have to deal with the consequences of whatever it is when we take that stand. But I believe those days are coming. I believe that with all my heart. Because things are going nuts in this world. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Thank God I don't live in California. Yeah. Yep. It's amazing. I don't know if any of you hear what's going on in California. But mm -hmm. man alive, I, man, I don't know what. It makes, it's like, man, they're all possessed or something out there. The government <laughs> out there is possessed. The stuff that they're saying and doing. Hollywood. Well, believe me, it starts there Hollywood. and it spreads everywhere else. Okay? So yeah. it's coming. It's coming. It'll come to South Dakota. It's already here. It just hasn't hasn't got to that level yet where they're going to start suing people because of what you said or what you're doing or things like that. Those days are coming. And we're going to have to take a stand. And so... Uh, so, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you all for coming out tonight. Yes, sir. Man, thank you all for putting up with me. <laughs> Any day. You're welcome. <laughs> the Lord's good, though. Yes, he is. You know, I love, I love the word. I love God's word. Yes. And I love the truth. I love knowing what's going on. Amen. Man, I'll tell you what. Young people, man, you got your life in front of you, and it's like um, you got you got your strength. You got your strength. You got your stamina. You have all that stuff. And it's like I just wanna. Well, I encourage all you younger people to just keep doing what you're doing and do even more. Amen. It, it's uh, um, this. Uh, Man, this world we live in. I was just watching it today, this afternoon, and it's like, man, I'm just amazed at what's going on in the world. How little this world is. How little this world is. And people don't realize that they're literally under the thumbs of a government. Yep. And they don't realize it. And they don't understand it. That's all going to be... It's all going to be coming out. You know, the little chip on your... A little chip on your credit card, you know where the next place is going to be. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's not going to go anywhere else. It's going to go on the body. That's where it's going. We're getting there real quick. 
Because, yeah. you know, people already know how to cheat on the chip on your card already now. Yep. Now they're seeing all kinds of things wrong with doing that. <laughs> what is it? Some people, one person in Vermillion here just got caught doing that thing where they walk around with their phone and then read people's cards. Oh, yeah, over at the gas station. Yeah. Did you know that? Yep. Skimmer. <laughs> walking through the door and your cards there, they're getting all the information off the cards. Uh, wow. And that's something it's all around us. We gotta stay awake. We gotta keep our eyes open. We gotta keep our eyes on the Lord. Amen. Pay attention to what's going on in the world. Amen. Don't man. Don't get wrapped up in foolishness. Yes, sir. You're wrapped up. Let's all stand. We'll close in prayer. Thank you all for coming out. Appreciate it. Men's meeting tomorrow. Hey, there's a men's meeting tomorrow night. Men's meeting tomorrow night. Oh, Brother Kyle, did you get employee of the month? Yeah. Did you know that Brother Kyle got employee of the month at Masaba? Amen. That's awesome, man. Yes. That's awesome. That's a blessing. Yes, it is. Amen. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, we love you, Lord. And we love the truth, Lord. And we love your presence in our lives, Lord. Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, you keep your hand upon us, Lord. Help us, Lord, keep you in our mind all the time, Lord. Lord, help us, Lord, to figure out ways that we can do more, more for you, Lord, more for the church, Lord, more for each other, Lord. Lord, help us, Lord, to be a body, Lord, full of love, that loves each other, Lord, that wants to help each other, Lord, do things together, Lord, fellowship with each other, Lord. Lord, help us, Lord, to be of one mind and one spirit, Lord. Lord Jesus, keep your hand upon us, Lord. Lord Jesus, put a hedge about us, Lord. Protect us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to stand for the truth, Lord. Help us to stand for your word, Lord, and for what's right, Lord. Help us, Lord, to have an increase of faith, Lord. Help us to never be ashamed, Lord. Lord, help us to always stand, Lord. Jesus, Lord, help us to lean on you, Lord. Lord Jesus, Lord, open our eyes, Lord, open our eyes, Lord, Jesus, Lord, we love you, Lord, keep your hand upon us, Lord, in the name of Jesus, amen, thank you, Jesus, thank you, you're all dismissed. What is a skimmer? Sintoy. Good night, everybody.